The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight, Jeff Shannon. Well, good morning and welcome to Summer County Spotlight. Um, right here with Jeff Shannon. And, you know, we have a lot of great guests on the show, a lot of great events. Anybody that's a fan of the show or listens all the time, you know, we have uh, so many great nonprofits. We have so many great organizations that are doing such incredible things for our community. I recently met Kelly Cash. Now, Kelly is the director of Walk to End Alzheimer's. So we are going to be talking Alzheimer's and we're going to find out a little bit more about that because a lot of people maybe don't know a whole lot about it other than memory loss and I think it's a lot deeper than that so Kelly welcome to the show so I guess how did you get here well it's probably a pretty good typical story from um, a lot of other folks but I moved to Nashville um, in 2007 I'm originally from Ohio big Ohio State fan which is not popular <laughs> in the south but um, moved down here to go to school I went to Belmont University loved it it was fantastic got to see the culture the music all of the Stuff that makes the city great and then I started working got my master's at Belmont and then started working and got involved into the nonprofit world so what was your master's in I did my master's in sport administration I played softball at Belmont so sports had been a part of my life were you one of those pitchers <laughs> no I was in the outfield. wow what well, I'm telling you, you know the softball ladies that can pitch I'm telling you I don't see how they can throw that fast and especially make that big circle in I know. Oh, wow. 70 miles an hour. It's crazy. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Oh, sorry to interrupt. but No, that's okay. Um, so I did my master's, started working, and got involved in the kind of the sport and nonprofit world and kind of merging those players, retired players from the Titans and things like that that wanted to do nonprofit work. Worked with a lot of the nonprofits in town and spent some time with the MS Society here in Nashville, and now I'm with the Alzheimer's Association. So Yeah, wow. Well, you know, Alzheimer's, is, I guess, you know people have heard about this for a, a lot of years and you know the association i guess uh, the started what back in 1980 yep, yep. you know and that's that's a long time ago and then you know you get a group of family caregivers and individuals that are interested in research i guess what the home office is in chicago mm-hmm, I believe. correct yeah. so we've got the home office there and then we've got local chapters across the country doing kind of the work in those markets so we are focusing here on the tennessee market well, and specifically Middle Tennessee. Well, and it's it's amazing how prevalent this disease is, and I think it is considered a disease. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. And I think, you know, when you look at the numbers, it's just really staggering. Just about one in nine people over the age of 65 has Alzheimer's or another form of dementia. So mm-hmm. um, that's almost 11% of that group. Um, so it's just kind of wild to think that that many people are affected by this disease. Is there a, I guess, a test to see if you're predisposed? I know we talked bef- before the show about that, but is, is there something that if a family member's seeing some mm-hmm. memory have, issues or things like that? Yes, yeah. we have a ton of great resources on our website. Um, one is that comes to mind is kind of the 10 signs So that's a great thing that we send to loved ones and people that kind of have those same thoughts. Like, is this something that is happening? And you can kind of start to see signs early on. So I think that's a great resource. And we have so many other amazing resources on our website and through our programs that we offer, which is, I think, 
something that I love that the the organization does. It's just it's not only focused on the research, obviously that's very important, but also the caregivers and just resources and support for those people as well as the people that are affected by right. the disease. Well, I think having the website I think is so important because I know I can imagine that family members could be so frustrated and not knowing what to do. Mm-hmm. They have to educate themselves. But if you go to their website, it's ACT, so that's act.alz.org. Boy, there's tons of information on here. There's plenty of resources that you can access and just kind of teach yourself, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. become familiar. Yep. I think we like to see ourselves as kind of the first place somebody might go if they either feel like they might be experiencing signs or their loved one is experiencing kind of signs of this disease. So I, I hope that we kind of act as like a first step and what, how can I get information? Where can I go? Um, just resources and support for those families. So with the Alzheimer's Association, what would be their mission? Yeah, And it's kind of self-explanatory, but still, you've got to have the mission. Absolutely. So we are a national nonprofit whose mission is to lead the way and to end Alzheimer's and all other dementia. We're going to do that, obviously, by accelerating global research, driving risk, education, and early detection. I think that's a big one. Um, And then just maximizing the quality of care and support for those families and their loved ones. That's a big mission. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And and you you have all of these chapters around. Mm -hmm. And now where's your office located here in Middle Tennessee? Yep. So we're off of West End um, down just we're in the Tennessean building. So right on West End and 18th. Okay. With the association, you're able to provide uh, you know support for those with Alzheimer's uh, and their caregivers, mm-hmm. which that, that's yeah. interesting. Yep. So you can provide s- support for both the yep. patients and the caregivers. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big one that um, I've learned just being with the organization is the caregiver aspect is a is a huge piece that. I'm sure they learned really early on was important, um, not only for you know the person affected, but who's taking care of them. And we have a lot of research about the amount of money and all that that goes into it. We'll probably talk about it later, but that that, that can put on a family. But um, yeah, we offer support in a couple of different ways. Um, obviously through our programming. So that's a lot of educational programs. We deliver about 20,000 of those annually across the country. Wow. Um, we offer them in 17 different languages. Many of them, I think most of them are free. A lot of them are virtual after um, the COVID time. We are doing some back in person, but a lot of them also have a virtual component. So you can kind of log on from anywhere and get that information. Mm-hmm. The best way I would say locally to find our programs is to follow our Facebook page here. Um, It's End ALZ Tennessee. And so you can see all of our programs that we offer in the area. You can register for free um, and get that information Mm -hmm. right there. Now, of course, you have a professionally staffed hotline, I guess a hot helpline people can say, gosh, I'm at my wit's end. I don't know what to do. They call this number. What what is that number? Yep. The number is 1-800-272-3900. And so that is essentially, again, a first step probably for a lot of people if they're faced with this or their loved one. It's just like, I need somebody right now to give me some some guidance, some support, some next steps. I think this is a great place. Again, it's offered in 170 different languages. Um, Translation is offered. So if that's a barrier, we're hoping to remove that. And then um, I think annually we expect up to about 250,000 callers each that year. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Now, these people, that when people are calling in, they're actually talking by a trained clinician, yep. uh, a, a, you master's know, master's level. level. So Correct. we're not just talking, you know, somebody answering the phone and has no idea what's going on. Absolutely. I that's think that's, incredible. That's yeah. so important to this piece is that you're not 
just calling anybody and getting maybe some misinformation. You're getting a master's level clinician that knows the organization, that knows where our resources are and knows kind of what to look for. They know what signs to listen for and what they can help with. Sure. Well, it is it definitely a, a complex situation and being, you know, faced with it, I mean, right out of the blue, I mean, I mean you can see the oncoming signs and you think, well, something's coming. Mm-hmm. But if you have those questions in your mind, just call. Yeah. Ask absolutely. questions and, and get the resource because that's, that's going to really help you to start planning yep. if that, in fact, is going to be the case. Absolutely. I think it's a great place to even if it's not directly affecting your family now, but you think it could, or just to educate yourself about the disease and what comes along with it, I think is so important. Sure. I think the third biggest thing, obviously, which is a lot of nonprofits, that it's the research is the big piece. We well, know you got to have money for that too. Yeah, you got to have the money for that. But I think we know ultimately to find a cure, it's going to come through that research. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge piece of our organization as well. Just finding new therapies, new treatments available. We do a trial match service that is free um, to try and get people linked up to free trials that are happening, I and mean, just conferences to bring researchers together um, just to share information. Well, you know it has to be complex because, I mean, it's just like cancer research. You would think after the zillions of dollars that have been put into this research, they have to have a cure by now. You would think <laughs> you know? so. You would think. It is mind-blowing, but I know it is also really awesome to to get more information, and you can find that on our website, too, just mm-hmm. about the different research projects yeah. that we're funding. and. Um, We've got some here locally in Tennessee. We've got a couple at Vanderbilt, one over in Knoxville that we're funding just different projects on different kinds of research they're doing. So people can just donate if they want. Absolutely. Obviously. Yes. <laughs> would, would they just go to the website? Is there a donate button yes. here? or? Yes. So yeah. if you go to our walk website, that's a great place to donate okay. um, to the Nashville Walk. It is the number five walk in the country, which is awesome. We have over 600 walks, so that's pretty incredible. And we're going to talk about that in the next segment because that's yeah. that's a big deal right there. Yeah, I can't wait our, to hear more about that. Mm-hmm. That's our big fundraiser here. So I would say that's a great place to donate. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm sure you'll take volunteers. You know, Absolutely. you can always use volunteers and things like that but you know it's just doing some so much great work and and to try to educate the community which I think is probably very important I think a lot of family members and caregivers you know need to have access to the latest and greatest information so they're not just going by myths and you know hearing things from maybe some other people that maybe not be true Mm -hmm. Uh, it's good to get the resource right from you. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, we do a great job of staying on top of what is current, what is factual and good information and providing that to yeah. um, you know the people here in Tennessee as well as across the country. Well, I, I was shocked at uh, you know, just here in Tennessee, how many people are currently living with Alzheimer's and yep. dementia. Yeah, we've got over 120,000 people here in the state living with Alzheimer's or another form of dementia. And then I think even more staggering is an estimated 360,000 family members or or um, friends are serving as caregivers. So just the amount well, of people yeah, that are wow. stepping into that role and kind of that's an unpaid cost that, that that care, they do a lot of studies about this, but that that is a, roughly $6.9 billion of cost. Wow, that's that crazy. Those caregivers are providing. <laughs> you know, I guess a question comes, what causes Alzheimer's? What is, I mean, there's gotta be something. I mean, it's obviously, it's probably 
nothing you can control right because it's in in the brain is that yes. correct yeah. yes um genetics i mean it can run in families mm-hmm. so i think that's um something important i know there's many staff members i'm included my grandmother had alzheimer's passed away so it's definitely something that i think about for my mom myself my family um i think that's a big thing but i don't think there's any real specific cause for the disease at this Mm -hmm. point. I know there's lots of studies that are happening to try and determine. We do know that females are much more likely to have Alzheimer's. So I think that's one of the things we've found um, in some of the research. Um, Because all the females have to put up with us males. (laughs) Maybe that's that's why. That that has something to do with it. (laughs) You know, some of these staggering numbers, and I I say staggering because it's like, it it is mind-blowing that we have this kind of situation going on. Now, we have facilities around, I guess, that that people, once they get to a certain stage where the family can't take care of them anymore, they have, uh, Mm -hmm. like we have one here in Hendersonville. And, you know, it's a great, it's a beautiful facility Mm -hmm. uh, that people can go to yeah we work with a lot of the facilities um, as well so that's something like locally we can obviously provide as a resource to families if they're looking for that but Brookdale senior living is a really big one they're a great partner for mm-hmm. us um, they're actually headquartered here in Nashville so mm-hmm. we work with their headquarters we work with a lot of their local facilities as well but there's just so many great facilities in town that are providing such great care for well when we talk facilities we have to talk cost mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so I, how does the cost of caregiving impact the families? Yeah, I think we were just talking about it a little bit earlier, but it's it's crazy to think. But um, dementia has provided an estimated 16 billion hours of unpaid care, which is valued at $271 billion. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, that's across the country. And again, here in Tennessee, that kind of boils down to about $6.9 billion of cost for that type of care. Um, So I think that's another aspect of the organization that I like. We're really heavy in the advocacy and legislature and trying to Mm -hmm. really be a voice for these families and these people um, living with this disease and trying to make sure that they have affordable care that is good for them and able to kind of meet them where they are as a family. Well, I think it's it's probably good and you, you probably have this, but you probably have some corporate sponsors and partners that are really helping out quite a bit because it is something that it's a lot of money to raise because it's it, this is an expensive thing you mm-hmm. know and uh, the the care the and, and is this covered by medicare or through insurance i guess you yeah can... a lot of the facilities do it just kind of depends on each facility okay. but yes yes that is something and well, that's also resources we can provide as far as insurance and financial aid and different things um that we can help with as an organization Mm-hmm. Well, and I know that's a major factor when something like this happens. But, but listen, we got things to, to talk about to, to raise money. We got a big event coming up, and we're going to be right back. We're talking with Kelly Cash. She's the director of the Walk to End Alzheimer's. We're going to continue our conversation when we come back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Summer County Spotlight. Be sure to check out our podcast page at whinradio.com. Just go to the podcast tab and click the Summer County Spotlight. There you can check out this show as well as our past episodes. This is Jeff Shannon. Hey, let's get right back to the show. And we're back with Summer County Spotlight. Going to continue our conversation with Kelly Cash. Now, Kelly Cash, Hendersonville, Summer County. Everybody's going to ask... Sadly, no. No, no. direct uh, relation to Johnny Cash, although sometimes depending on where I am and if I'd like to be in 
to some restaurant. You or, want to get a good table? <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm Kelly Cash. Front row seat. <gasps> really? Oh. I can be the great niece. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that might work. <laughs> but you know, you're, you guys are doing so many great things. You have a great event coming up, and I'm just really impressed how big this event is, and the numbers are staggering. So. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that, and that is the 2022 Walked-In Alzheimer's right here in Middle Tennessee in the downtown Nashville. Yep, yep, that is our big fundraiser here in our market. Um, we are, I think this is the most proud statement that we are the number five walk in the country for wow. all of the Alzheimer's Association walks, which is over 600 walks, so that's incredible. It is. Um, but I also, it's not surprising to me because, again, the city is growing so much every pocket of this area in Middle Tennessee is just booming. So I'm not shocked at all, honestly, to see this. And my goal is to make us the number one walk. So I think we can absolutely do it. Well, you're talking these kind of numbers. I mean, just already, I mean, you've almost halfway there to your goal. Mm -hmm. So you've you've raised 743,713 plus dollars at this point, because it's ticking. And your goal is what? 1.25 1.25 million. Nice. Okay. Well, I think you can do it. Yeah. I and mean, we've got enough people. So at this walk, which is coming up on October 29th. Correct. Correct. Saturday, October 29th. And you have like 147 teams? Yep. We have Something. 147 teams. We have over 470 participants already signed up, which is great. We will probably get to about a thousand out there, which is incredible, but it is just a great experience. If you've never been to a walk, if you've never come to a big celebration like this, mm-hmm. even if you're not directly affected by this disease, I think it's an amazing day. There's going to be a lot of fun things out there. Mm-hmm. We are on holiday weekend for Halloween. So we are encouraging lots of costumes and and all of our sponsors are going to have things to give out to the kids as trick or And you got a great uh, presenting sponsor on this. We do. We have Jack Daniels on board as our presenting sponsor okay. this year, which is incredible. We're so grateful for their support. Um, they're going to have a big, fun trailer out there. Um, it's just going to be a great day. So sure. I think now this this is another exciting thing about this. This event's going to be held over at Nissan Stadium. Correct. Now it's going to be over at Lot C. Mm-hmm. So that's one Titans way right there. And people used to they know exactly where that is. And so you, is there pre-registration or can they register on site? You can register on site, but we encourage pre-registration, especially after the COVID times. We kind of got rid of our big registration lines and a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So you can register on your phone when you get there, but we encourage pre-registration. We encourage donations. It is free to sign up. It's free to come out and walk. That's not a requirement, but obviously we encourage donations mm-hmm. um, to help us with the cause. But it is just a wonderful time to bring your friends, your family, your coworkers. Dogs are welcome. Kids are welcome. It's really a fun family event. How long of a walk is it? Yep, what what are the have, details we have on that? Yeah, we have two routes. So there's a one mile route that will go around the stadium. And then there is a 2.1 mile route that will go up over the pedestrian bridge into downtown and back around the stadium. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of those two options that you yeah. can choose from. So it's not too hard of, no. of a walk. Yeah, No, not bad at all. And of course, we want to encourage everybody within our listening area to just participate right. on this. If they, I guess if they would go to the website, your Facebook page, social media, if you just type in the information, they're walked in Alzheimer's, it's, yep. it's going to show up. Yep, it will pop up on our website. There's an orange button that says register. You can click right there, register. There's also one next to it that says donate. You can do that. You can also you know, you don't have to register. You can just donate. But mm-hmm. obviously, if you okay. register and you donate, if you 
raise $100, you qualify for our t-shirt that you'll get at the event. So that's our walk t-shirt, that's always fun. Mm -hmm. So that's a big thing that people try and kind of strive for that $100. We also have some different levels of fundraising and then incentives and prizes that come along with those. Do you have teams? Can people come in as a team? Teams are great, we love the teams. That can be a friends and family team, that can be a corporate team with your company that you work for. We have a lot of the facilities that we were talking about earlier that will create teams and come walk. So yes, I think a team is great. It's fun to get your your group together. Mm -hmm. Some of the teams will create t-shirts and have all kinds of fun stuff out there at their at their walk. What if it rains? Do we have a contingency plan? We do. We we walk in the rain, I will tell you. Oh, that could be interesting. <laughs> yep, we've had some, some, rainy, soggy walkers. some rainy years. <laughs> yeah, but um, we obviously watch the weather closely if there's any threat of anything. We've got some kind of emergency planning that we go over before the walk starts, or if that happens before the walk a day or, or morning of, we'll send out information. Okay, all right. You're bringing the babies and the kids. You got strollers are allowed. Yep, strollers are allowed. Now all I, the... Don't show up with skateboards. <laughs> <laughs> or bikes, you know, they sometimes don't go good with pedestrians. <laughs> yeah, no, we're going for the walk right now. So or even those uh, those scooters down there. Oh so gosh. don't grab a, one of the, I don't know what their name brand the is now. Scooters. Yeah, and and try to get through this race like that. <laughs> no, we are walking to end the disease. Not rolling. So they should come prepared just in case. So if you have some attire, comfortable shoes, oh, yeah. you know, comfortable socks, shoes. those kind of sunscreen. We still yep. need sunscreen now. Yep. You never, I mean, we're in Tennessee here. So you never know what the weather will be like. Right. Will there be water stations or anything of that nature? Yes, we will have um, refreshment stations at the start and finish line as well as along the route, which is great. We're also going to have some bands because it's Music City, so you can't have an event without music. Um, We'll have some bands at the stage in the main kind of space that we are in Lot C, but we're also going to have some along the route, which will be really fun. I just think Brad Paisley should just show up. I mean, I would love that. I'm sure he'll be happy. Just give him a call for us. Let's call Brad. Yeah. Can we get Brad on the line? Hey, what's this uh, that I see here? The Promise Garden Flower. What's what's yes. that about? Okay, that is that is such a fun aspect to the event. It's um, essentially we bring out flowers of all different colors, and you grab a flower based on your connection to the disease. Okay. So it might be that you have the disease. It might be that you're a caregiver. It might be that you have a loved one that passed away. You might just be there in support. You know, you don't have a direct maybe connection. So there's different flowers that you get to choose, and then we have everybody kind of go plant them in the garden. Um, And it's just this really cool visual of everybody coming together and their different ways that they're connected to the disease and just kind of this like coming together of of our group and just how we can all support each other and, you know, support the cause. Now, will you have those flowers there? Yes. Okay. We will have the flowers there. We'll provide those for you. So you have blue, you have purple, yellow, and orange. So they, they signify different things like purple. I think is for those who've lost somebody to the yep. disease. Okay, it said we'd have to do that. that yes. we'd have to lose anybody. But we are hoping. So, what does yellow represent? Yellow is our flower for somebody currently caregiving or supporting somebody living with the disease. Okay, so you have all these different. They just wear them, or um, no? They're actually a flower that you get. To, oh, really? Like, they're so you... little um, plastic kind of like flowers okay. that we bring right. and we provide at the event, yeah. um, and you kind of plant them in the garden, which is really neat. Do they pay to enter that the flower garden? So so nope. Just, okay. That is just if you come and you would like to grab a flower based on your kind of connection, you can go and put it over but 
they could donate too. Yes. <laughs> right yes. there. We always encourage the donation. We will, we will take that for sure. Yeah. All right. So we covered strollers. We covered the rain plan. Now here's the, the big ask. We need volunteers. We Come do. on, people. We need volunteers. I think um, now that events are back happening, I think it is a, a nationwide thing we're seeing across this type of, of mm-hmm. landscape that like it's hard to get volunteers these days because mm-hmm. everyone's just kind of used to like not having these for a while. So I think volunteers are always key for us. So what are some of the things that volunteers would be asked to do? Yep. They can come early, help us set up. Okay. They can kind of help us along the route. They can come just cheer finish line. Cheering is a good one. I think that's a great place to just really make the event more fun. And then obviously kind of cleaning up after the event. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, we got to do that. So they can also, there's there, there's a button right here. You can, you can click the volunteer button. Mm-hmm. You can register there. You can donate right there. So they make it very simple. And let me tell you, the, your website is just a packed full of great uh, information. So any questions that you would have, it's right there. You know, you can't say, well, I didn't know about it because yeah. it, it's definitely filled right there. So we're talking about the Walk to End Alzheimer's walk. It's going to happen October 29th over at Nissan Stadium. And you're encouraged to, to register prior to. You can do it right there. Mm-hmm. And if you just go to the website, uh, which is actact.alz.org, and it'll pop right up there. And social media is out there as well. Yep. We've got a Facebook page for the walk. We have a Facebook page for just the Tennessee chapter that has a lot of great resources. Like we talked about earlier, a lot of the programs we offer. When you do, there is also a app for the walk. So oh, if you really? search okay. in your app store, Walk to End Alzheimer's, you'll see the logo and it's this white and purple logo that will pop up. That's our app. It's a great place. You can even register there. You can track your donations there. If you're fundraising, if you get a check donated to you, you can mobile capture it straight into your account there. So you don't even have to mail it into our office. But obviously, if you do have a check that you'd like to drop off at the office or mail in, you can do that. We've got our website or our address on our website for that. Lots of great tools on the website. And you can donate on the Facebook page. You can donate right there. Mm -hmm. And you can encourage your friends and family to do the same thing. So the simpler, the better. Absolutely. (laughs) When you register, you can link your when you register, you'll have a participant page through our organization, and you can easily link that to your Facebook. There's just a button that says, like, mm-hmm. link to Facebook, and it'll walk you through a few steps to link it. Um, and then you can utilize your Facebook for donations. We've got people that utilize LinkedIn for donations, lots of great places in the social media world to kind of solicit and just ask for support of something you're doing. Now, here's an interesting thing. I haven't seen this one, is the mobile check deposit. Mm-hmm. Yep. So how does that work? Yeah, so it's just like a lot of the banks these days now have it. You know, I'm signed up for the walk. I got a donation in a check form. And when you have the app, it's just an easy button that says mobile deposit, mobile check deposit. You take a picture of the check, put in the amount, and it goes straight into your account. And then you kind of hang on to it for just a couple of days to make sure everything's cleared. And then you're good to go. You don't have to mail it in. You don't have... We don't have to process it. Yeah, it is yeah. super easy. Wow, yeah. And available for iPhone and Android. So that's good. Yep. So cross-platform, yep. it makes it even simpler right there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, with tons of, uh, of great information here. And we're continuing our, our talk here with Kelly Cash. She's the director of Walk to End Alzheimer's. Now, the event is coming up at Nissan Stadium on October 29th. So we encourage you to jump on board and just register ahead of time. All the information is there. They make it very simple uh, for you. You know, I think it's great that you're doing this. You 
have a lot of the, the sponsorships available, but I'm sure you'll take more sponsors if they would like to. Absolutely. We're always looking for new sponsors for the event. We have a great group. Again, we talked about Jack Daniels as our presenting sponsor, um, but we're always looking for for new sponsors. So if mm-hmm. you are interested in that, my information is on the website. You can just shoot me an email, give me a call, and we can talk through sponsorships. Right. But we're always looking for those. A lot of our corporate teams, those are great, or even just friends and family teams. We're always looking for new teams and new companies to get involved sure. in the Well, area. it makes it more fun. If you get, yeah. get, get to your organization, create a team, come out and try to raise money. Mm-hmm. I mean, the teams can raise money and then donate that. Yep. Yeah, yep. so that's that's great. But we're talking to Kelly Cash right now, and uh, she's the Walked In Alzheimer's uh, director. And, and, you know, I think it's great. you got a lot of work ahead of you. We wish you the best. Thank you. Thank and you. And to reach that big goal you have going on. You're we halfway are. there, so I, I think it'll happen. Yeah, we've got we still some got time. a little time. Yeah. We do, we do. We appreciate um, just kind of the help in spreading the word. We're trying to spread the awareness and the kind of just, like you said, like we talked about, the, the numbers are pretty staggering and I don't think that they're as wide known as you think. You you know, you might think a lot of people have it, but when you hear that one in nine people over the age of 65 mm-hmm. are affected by it, yeah. it just becomes a little bit more real. Just kind of the need for the, the research and the programs and the education. Absolutely. So folks, there you go. There's the information. Check it out. ACT.ALZ.org. All the information is listed right there. Kelly, thanks so much for coming in and spending some time with us. Yes, thank you so much for having me. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this segment of Sumner County Spotlight. This is Jeff Shannon. We'll check you next time right here on Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Summer County Spotlight. Be sure to check out our podcast page at whinradio.com. Just go to the podcast tab and click the Summer County Spotlight. There you can check out this show as well as our past episodes. This is Jeff Shannon. Hey, let's get right back to the show. Hey, welcome back to Summer County Spotlight on this Sunday morning. Uh, we have a new guest in our studio today. And, well, I think everybody knows David Moomy, but maybe not. <laughs> so you're going to find out who David is. And uh, so, Dave, uh, thanks for coming in. I know we got a great event coming up here, and, and you're going to tell us all about it. Yes, uh, we have an upcoming event. The, uh, on November the 6th, we have the Hendersonville Veterans Day Parade which is put on by both VFW Post 9851 and the Vietnam Veterans Chapter 240. We're already putting our lineup together and have a, a good number of entrants, and we're looking always for uh, more folks to be in the parade. It's open mm-hmm. to all civic organizations, schools, businesses, so it's a chance to uh, get out, drive down Main Street from Cherokee Drive to Executive Park mm-hmm. Drive, and and have four or five thousand people see your car or your vehicle and let and they'll know that you're a strong supporter of veterans here in yeah. Sumner County. So now how long have you been with the VFW? So you're are you like the head guy? No, I'm not the head guy. I've been there since two thousand and seven. Okay. okay. I've been there about fifteen years. Well, that's a lot of years. And yeah. uh, and I have been the post commander, but right now I'm the senior vice commander for the post, which is the second person in charge if you want to say mm-hmm. that. Okay. So now what 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 service were you in? What branch? I served uh, in the United States Navy as a surface warfare officer for 26 years. Wow. Now tell, tell us what that job is. Well, I was one of the officers on on three different ships that I served on, including making four deployments to uh, Vietnam between 1968 and 1975. Did a variety of missions uh, supporting the troops ashore and the ships at sea Mm -hmm. uh, during that time frame. Had the pleasure, I guess, of being off the coast of Vietnam in 1975 when Saigon fell and and there was a huge refugee crisis and all that, but I was uh, on one of the ships right off the coast that 
when the war ended. Yeah. Well, it's it's probably the best place to be, uh, not on land, you, because that was just brutal. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, I uh, count my blessings that I didn't endure what what most of the Army and Marines that uh, served ashore had to go through. So I was there. The real heroes yeah. of the war. I mean, I was in the Navy, but I, I didn't go in until, um, gosh, uh, 73. And, of course, Vietnam was just, you know, was ending at that point. Right. So it was a little calmer at that point. Yes. And luckily did, didn't have to go into it. But uh, I did get stationed with the Marines. Oh, so. So, sorry for that. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> and it was an eye-opener because you find out right out of boot camp, okay, you're going to, you're going to be with forced troops. <laughs> so they shipped me off to Camp Pendleton. Well, I go to the dental school in, in, in San Diego and then right up from there's Camp Pendleton, so had to go up there and learn how to camp out in the woods on the uh, mountains and stuff. I didn't I didn't realize they sent dental techs off to do that. I know the the Navy corpsmen to the Navy medics all get assigned to to the Marine Corps to yeah. serve as the medics in their uh, platoon, etc. Well, I guess with force troops, you you kind of go in when they're setting up the front line up there. There you're you're. You know, back there with all the support, you know, with the medical, the dental, that kind of thing. And that was a new thing for me. Uh, but then I got, you know, stationed over Camp Lejeune and, you know, rode it out there and, you know, it was done. Mm-hmm. Not not fun over there. <laughs> that, that's an old base. <laughs> Never been there. So, well, you're not missing anything. <laughs> well, not. So, if you spent more than 30 days there now, you know, you can uh, suffer from certain diseases. You yeah. You get compensated for that yeah, based and, on the new lawsuits that have been just and, changed. And f- yeah, fortunately, I, I lived off base. So, I mean, that was uh, probably a good thing. So, I didn't have to be in there, you know, full time. But, yeah, I had none of those symptoms or anything because they kept sending that, the information to you. Well, we got this. You got to have this. But you got to produce all these medical documents to prove that you, yeah. in fact, did have that. Because yeah, people can take advantage of that and, you right. know, try, try to, you know, make some money. But. Yeah, there's a very detailed process to yeah to, uh, for filing a claim to get compensation for all yeah. of that so now when did you come out i retired from in 1993 after okay. 26 years yeah i was a it, graduate of the university of michigan rotc program and from graduation went right to a ship did about nine years active duty and then 17 years in the reserve forces yeah so with with what you were doing so I guess you were on a battleship, not a carrier. I was not on a carrier. I was on a destroyer. A uh, later became renamed as a cruiser, and then I was on a on an ammunition ship for my last ship. Okay. Make sure that that ammunition ship doesn't get hit. Yeah. <laughs> it won't be there very long. <laughs> you wouldn't have found much of me if that had happened. Yeah, absolutely. What other kind of places did you go? Well, I was fortunate enough to uh, after my second ship that I was on to be uh, sent to Navy postgraduate school to, and I obtained a master's degree in physical oceanography while there. My sort of expertise in the, in the Navy up to that point was anti-submarine warfare, which w- was where the ships tried to find all the, in those days, the Russian submarines. Yeah. And, uh, we eventually were pretty good at that, and yeah. uh, they all went home and didn't come out and play anymore. But Yeah, <laughs> which is a good thing. Then I was also an ASW instructor in San Diego for a while, and then I left active duty and uh, moved to Virginia Beach, Virginia, and uh, worked for a defense contractor and joined the reserves there and served on, on the various training commands and uh, fleet staffs, battle, aug- battle staff augmentee for major exercises and training for war. Mm-hmm. So. What was your final rank? 
I retired as a commander. Yeah, I had uh, some good friends. A couple of the dentists were commanders, and uh, the the one guy that I worked for, he was uh, endodontist, which they do root canals. <laughs> Super guy. This guy was just amazing. But he ended up leaving service and went to become the head of the endo department at University of Mississippi. I'm sure he's making a lot more money yeah. doing that. But yeah, he was a super guy. But what brought you to Hendersonville? Well, I was working. Kind of became Groundhog Day. You know, uh, same thing over and over again. Yeah. And I didn't see anything new coming down the line for the next couple of years. It would be very new and interesting. And uh, so I went home and talked to my wife, Barbara, and said, hey, I think it's time to retire. And she said, we're moving to Hendersonville. Why was that? Well, our daughter, through after graduation from college and a job or two, ended up in this area and married a man from Westmoreland and they sent her in Hendersonville and had our grandson Emerson who's now a senior at uh, at Hendersonville High School and uh, he was having medical problems at that time from uh, complications simple thing is his esophagus wasn't attached to his throat and had to do yeah you were telling me about that had uh, to do four hours of surgery when he was two two days old to to correct all that and and so he's doing fine now so that's great praise the the doctors down there at the Children's Hospital at uh, Vanderbilt. So. Yeah, yeah, they do great things over there. So when you when you got here, what year was that? Two thousand and seven. Okay, it's changed a little bit yeah, since it's, then. It's grown and got bigger. I see more cars on the road, like everybody else complains yeah, about. That, so. Yep, yep. And so how did you get involved with the post? Well, this is kind of interesting. Barbara moved out here, and we bought a house. And my wife moved out here in the beginning of two thousand and seven, around February or thereabouts. And I was still working a complete project, and I didn't move here to June. So she would go down to uh, one of the local gas stations to get a special coffee that she liked to get. We had a base sticker on the car, and the the, uh, manager for the gas station area saw the base sticker and struck up a conversation with my wife, which got me into the Military Officers Association. And there I met another fellow who said, hey, I got this thing going at the VFW, but I don't need help. And I'm going to be out of town for Christmas. Come down and, and help me. So I went down to the VFW to help him out and join the VFW there probably around Christmas time of 2007. And the uh, rest is history, yeah. I guess. <laughs> so now, was that the same location it is right now? Oh, yeah. It's, the post has been there since 1966. So that's so it's 73 New Shackle. 73 New Shackle Island Road. It kind of sits behind in the back there, but pretty easy to find, I think. Yeah, there's a big fence that says VFW. If you drive right up on the one one side of the fence between the fence and the wine cellar building, then uh, that's the driveway to the post. Yeah. So So what, what kind of activities do you guys do back there? Well, one of our biggest activities that we do every week is we have a food pantry, and again, in conjunction with the Vietnam Veterans Chapter 240, to uh, provide food to the needy veterans throughout Sumner County. So we have people who come down from Portland and other places, not just the Hendersonville so it's open to everybody within the county. If you are a veteran and and in need of of food, uh, please come down. Every Saturday morning, we... uh, start handing out food from 9 to 11. We'll check you out. Basic eligibilities are to be a veteran and be a resident of Sumner County. So how do you, I mean, they got to show proof they were obviously a veteran, but. Yeah, the the best way to show proof is either have what is known as a DD-214, which is what every veteran gets when they leave Mm -hmm. active duty to show that they'd served, and or some people will have a VA card and we'll take that as proof also. Mm -hmm. And then 
bring your driver's license to show that you're a resident of Sumner County. Right, right. So, I mean, we've been uh, promoting, you know, the food pantry all the time. And I guess it's, a, you, you really, it's just a, every every week, you just bring food. People can donate it, right? Yeah, yeah. we get uh, food from a variety of ways. Some of it is people unknown to us just drive up on a Saturday morning, open their trunk and say, here, take this. We appreciate what you do. And, and we say, thank you very much. And, uh, and they drive away. And that's the first sure. and last time we may see them for a yeah. while we got other groups are do food drives and let us know that they're doing a food drive mm-hmm. whether it's a church or a business they bring it by and then they'll arrange a time to have it delivered and sure. usually we try to do it saturday morning because we know that somebody's always there saturday and mm-hmm. can help and, and put away the food uh, so what kind of guidelines do you have like certain foods that you don't take uh, you know that kind of thing actually we can take anything okay we're kind of unique in a food pantry in that our our patrons can then shop most food pantries when you go up they open your trunk they set a box of okay. food in it and it it has whatever they've decided uh, when you come to the to our pantry we give you a shopping list of what we have and so you can choose chicken noodle soup over tomato soup if that's mm-hmm. what you want that do you week. do this every saturday i mean can a person come or a family or whatever come every week they can come every week okay wow and, and we have wow. one or two patrons that have come every week for five or more years okay. wow so if somebody wanted to to get more information uh, about the food pantry or to bring stuff up how would they do that uh the best way to do that was be call call the post at our phone at 615-824-9851 nobody answers it because we're not there all the time please leave a message and okay. we'll get back to you and uh, see how we can help you out it's, it's a great thing to have because i mean look we have a, a lot of needy veterans out there and it's it's a, it's a sad thing that our veterans have to even go through this Certainly. they're in that kind of situation i would rejoice on the day that we can close the food pantry because there's nobody that needs the help wow yes it's a great thing that you're doing and um, so how many folks do you have helping you with this uh, we get 15 or so members from both the post and the vietnam veterans chapter to come okay. and, and volunteer and then we we get a lot of community volunteers that uh, come some of them are sent by the, the court system okay so <laughs> that we call them our mandatory volunteers yeah okay if you get a traffic ticket or something in Hendersonville, part of the deal sometimes is to do community service. And so we get a lot of folks from there. And what's amazing is that they'll come over and do their community service mandated and come back and do community service as their own community service to mm, come yeah. back and, and do that. Or they'll come back and make a food donation mm-hmm. afterwards. So, And then we get school groups uh, like Beta Club or National Honor Society and other groups come and assist because they need to get so many community service yeah. hours for their various programs we get tennessee promise folks that working for the uh, scholarship mm-hmm. and part of the requirements to qualify for the scholarship is to do community service right. so we do do that so well uh, you know you're staying busy down there and we gosh we have a whole lot more to talk about we're talking with david Mumi, and he's the uh um Title again? Senior Vice Commander. Senior Vice Commander. That's uh, VFW Post 9851 right here in Hendersonville. We're going to be continuing our talk with David with more of Summer County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Summer County Spotlight. Be sure to check out our podcast page at whinradio.com. Just go to the podcast tab and click the Summer County Spotlight. There you can check out this show as well as our past episodes. 
This is Jeff Shannon. Hey, let's get right back to the show. Well, here we are back with more of Sumner County Spotlight, continuing our conversation with David Moomy. He's with the VW, VFW Post 9851 right here in Hendersonville. Now, they're located there at 73 New Shackle Island Road. Uh, it's pretty easy to find. Just look for the big sign on the fence. <laughs> it's kind of like directly kind of across from the Oak Ridge Boys headquarters there. And so you just look for it and you'll be able to find it. David, uh, you just recently, uh, I guess yesterday, right? They had the golf tournament yes this past saturday we had our 12th annual golf tournament uh, is how we raise money for our spearhead relief fund relief fund is then used to fund our food pantry which we previously discussed and we also provide financial assistance to needy veterans families Hmm. to do that and also we're allowed to use the uh, the proceeds from the relief fund to award prizes to the various contests that the vfw runs for the community we have a voice of democracy contest going on right now for students in high school grades 9 through 12 Uh, if you talk to your guidance counselor your principal they should have an entry form that they can give you or you Mm -hmm. can you can contact the post at 615-824-9851 and we'll be happy to to get the, the entry form to you that's our high school student program we have a another essay contest for middle school students so those are grades six through eight and uh, and again contact the post and we'll get the info and then we also have a teacher of the year program so we try oh, yeah. to to recognize a teacher at the elementary school level the middle school level and the high school level well we do have some great teachers here we certainly do and uh, we have some great essays because we have some great teachers so. yeah the so you're doing all kind of great things so the, the golf tournament i guess is it it's like one of the biggest fundraisers you do each year it, right it, it's our biggest fundraiser and uh, yesterday we had 25 teams that participated in the golf tournament yeah we had a silent auction afterwards and we we've had very great outpouring of support from the community and i think that uh, when we do all the bookkeeping rigmarole that's right get all the bills for the things we had to buy and get all the people that said they would donate something donated that's right uh, yeah I think that we will come close to have raised over $20,000, which, again, goes right into our relief fund. It's not used to maintain the post. It's not used to pay the guy that mows the grass, Mm -hmm. uh, et cetera. It goes strictly to help the needy folks here in Sumner County. Well, I always know when we're getting close to the the golf tournament each year because uh, you go into work mode and (laughs) you you get pretty focused. (laughs) People don't realize that's a lot of work putting this together. Oh, it is. I mean, I... I've uh, been working for months getting people lined up to get the get sponsors to support the program uh, talk to the chamber often to talk to my rotary club members often about about the things going on to to support the VFW and so sometimes it seems like a full job I work harder now that I'm retired That's than right. I was when I was working it seems no, like yeah, so. you got it I mean there's just so many working parts to it mm-hmm. and of course you have help you know doing that i, I have, suppose i've had good help uh running up some new brand new sponsors we've never had before mm-hmm. and uh keeping the older sponsors happy and have them come back and support us and uh, we have over twelve thousand dollars twelve thousand five hundred dollars raised in our primary platinum gold and, and silver sponsors and i've had i think last count was about 44 whole sponsors so the golf course folks were busy before the tournament putting out all the whole sponsor signs yeah all oh, yeah, that's of course so. and it's a country 
Country Hills, right? Each yes, year? Our, most recently we've had it at Country Hills. We're a Hendersonville post, and so we support our Hendersonville Parks Department yeah. and the community. Yeah, that's uh, that course is walking it is a challenge. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. think as at, at my age uh, I would want to walk it and carry in a bag or even <laughs> even have one of those magic self-propelled cart bags. Yeah, you know, no, that got, would work for me. Pop it on but, a cart. <laughs> but the cart work. They must have some workhorse carts out there to be able to go up those uh, those hills. No, the way I, they I are. think they're just the standard golf carts. Really? Wow. Yeah. What do I know? I'm not the golf parts <laughs> manager. So people can always you know check you out on social media because I know you're on you got Facebook and that we, kind of thing. We have a Facebook page, vfw9851.org, and we also have a website, vfw9851.org. Yeah, and the search engines are great. If you just if you put that up, yeah, if you just search you know. vfw9851, you'll find right everything that we got. So, how many other posts do we have here? Uh, Gallatin has one, do they not? No, Gallatin no. does not have a vfw. Really? Post. Okay. There are three posts in Sumner County. One is in Westmoreland, post 9806. Okay. And there's a post over on the western side in Cross Plains, White House, and they actually go by the name of Robertson County because they have a lot of support out through the Greenbrier Springfield section. Mm So that's uh, post 2120. So there are three posts within to cover the over 10,000 veterans that reside in Sumner wow. County. Yeah. Well, and then each year, of course, we have this huge Veterans Day parade that we've got coming up, and it is a huge hit. I mean, the people line the streets on this. I mean, it, it's amazing. So give us a little background. How did you come up with this parade? How long ago did it start? Uh, give us some details on that. Well, I think it started eight years ago when then Mayor Scott Fox Foster approached the VFW Post and the Vietnam Veterans Chapter about having a parade, and we said yes, and so we sat down and figured out how to organize it. We got a little help at the very beginning from the people that have done the Christmas parade, mm-hmm. and after that, we made it our own, and uh, and it, it's grown each and every year, the number of units and the number of people participating and things like that. Yeah. So People make these booths get pretty elaborate, right? <laughs> yeah. They, they, they can, you can take your car, your your truck. I think I have Danny Berry, uh, student counselor, whatever they are over there, riding their bicycles this year, okay. Okay. Uh, we'll have uh, we always get strong support from both the station camp and Hendersonville High School JROTC units. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we'll always get support from the Hendersonville High School marching band, which mm-hmm. you can't have parade without a band. So yeah. <laughs> I need to ask that station camp and uh, and Beach come along and join the Hendersonville band to be in a parade so that we have a lot of music now who's do you have a do you have a grand marshal yes we have a grand marshal we haven't decided yet on okay. this year but generally our grand marshal is a local resident who is a veteran uh, and has done some things in the community or whatever mm-hmm. so we're working on right now to try and decide who that will be for this year yeah so you, what kind of other floats that, that you've known at the, up to this point? I mean, I'm sure, are people still signing up? Oh, yeah. We, I'll sign people up to, <laughs> let's say, the parade's on the 6th. On the 5th, I'll probably put somebody yeah. in the parade. And you okay. know people will do that. They'll yeah. wait to the very last minute. I, actually, I, one of the years I had somebody well, we, on parade day come up and say, could he be in a parade? And I had to turn him down. But uh, <laughs> we're always blessed to have Scott Couch be our MC for the parade and so all the entries write up a, a little blurb about who they are and what they do and then we put that in a big script for Scott to read and work with when sure. uh, when the units go by the reviewing stand. 
So I guess it's, it starts at, at Cherokee Drive. So you're going to have everybody stage back in the old Kroger parking lot still? Or uh, no, we, Drake's we, Creek? We, or we stage almost everybody in Drake's Creek parking lot okay. by the ball fields over there. There's okay. a big parking lot. And then we also use the U.S. Bank parking lot, which is on the opposite side of, the, of Main Street from, from Cherokee Drive there. And we put our motorcycle group and our VIPs over there. We always have a large uh, contingent of motorcycle riders, which we started the parade to let them mm. roar down. Actually, one of the really neatest things that happens is we always start the parade with a flyover. Okay, and this this happened the first year that we were doing it, and I was trying to put together things and people to be in the parade. I got this phone call from a gentleman, and he said, "Hey, how would you like to have a flyover for the parade?" And I, after I picked myself up off the floor, I said, sure, I'd love it. And so every year since then, we've had a flyover of three or four planes or more. And I think last year, we actually, I think we had nine planes that participated in the flyover. And they always time their flyover to hit Cherokee Drive at, at 2 o'clock, which is the start time for the parade. And, mm-hmm. uh, and they hit it right on time. And they fly down Main Street all the way to the other end of the parade route by Executive Drive, turn around and fly back to the start point, and then go off and then yeah. aviate wherever they want to fly right. to. Yeah. But no, it's but, pretty impressive. With but that. it's really neat to to have a the the start. I mean, Nashville Parade doesn't start that way. Any of the other parades within mm-hmm. the state that I know of uh, never start that way. So I think that's kind of a unique feature to, that we've been able to do. And we have a great group of uh, private pilots that generally fly out of the Gallatin Airport up mm-hmm. here, and they all, all enthusiastically say, "Hey, can I join into the, whoever their leader guy is for the yeah. year?" You know, so really kind of neat. Yeah, they don't fly over the Navy crew where they're like two inches apart from each wing. I no, mean, they're not is, quite that. Good, but I'm, still, I'm still impressed with their formation flying. Oh, okay. yeah, it's, that's crazy. It says the, the, the guy that was not invited to be a naval aviator after summer camp one year, <laughs> which was fine by me. I had so, no yeah, so I, I, I heard that. I think I, the Blue Angels, I think, it just have their first female pilot yes, that's on board. Yes, I've seen that. And so, yeah, so... That's that's great. And, and, uh, so, so what is probably one of your most memorable floats? Racking your brain here a little uh, bit, but anything that really sticks out? Well, the the uh, submarine veterans have a organization, and they they put in this mini mini submarine. So it's not a it's a, something like the seals would use to deliver a, seals in close to to the uh, shoreline. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think is what it is. But they have that. That's kind of kind of unique. We've been lately getting some military vehicle restoration organizations put okay. in restored military vehicles. Yep. So those are kind of neat. There's been an ambulance and a few other things. There's actually a, I think it's a Volvo ambulance that was built in Sweden that somebody in the United States owns a Swedish ambulance. I, <laughs> I guess if you're in your car collector, you collect them yeah. from anywhere and anyhow. But and you uh, always get the Jeep Club, right? They yeah, we come out. we always have great representation from the Jeep. We've had 35, 40 separate Jeeps. And I always enjoy the Shriners. Okay, the Shriners come with five or six of their various organizations, mm-hmm. and they have, you know, people that just ride on their floats, and then they have little guys that drive, you know, mini semi-trucks or the mini <laughs> motor scooters and, yeah. and, and all, and clowns and clown cars and, and all that kind of good stuff. So they, they're always my highlight to the parade because sure. there's always a lot, a lot well, of levity to it. Well, people get, uh, you know, pretty creative. Some of them are using these, uh, you know, flatbeds on the 18-wheelers, and they're coming down there. and yeah. uh, 
course, you always have the fire department, police department, and HPD has their, their motorcycle thing. That's usually how you kick it off, right? The, yeah, the, they, they they start clearing the street just before 2 o'clock, and they drive down and back a couple of times. Yeah. And, and then they'll drive around during the parade and pull up alongside a float or something. Yeah, like no, that. it's it, it's really impressive. Those guys on the bikes are really good. Yeah. I mean, they can, they can handle those bikes. Of course, we're talking about the Hendersonville uh, Day Parade uh, put on by the VFW Post 9851 and the Vietnam Veterans of America Chapter 240. you got over like 70 organizations that have participated over the years, and it just keeps growing. Yeah, that's right. We, we, we have... 70 organizations so that doesn't count like the 40 jeeps from the jeep club or right yeah <laughs> or things like that so it's it probably takes us about an hour for the whole parade to get off and started and then go on down main street and do that so when would you recommend people come select their spot along main street oh i would most people start around 1 30 i think okay. uh, they're thereabouts and find a good comfy spot that's close to their to their neighborhood and uh, or a parking spot that they know how yeah. to get to yeah. and uh because it starts at, at Cherokee, right there by Myers Front Porch and right. the U.S. Bank, and then it goes down, you know, towards Executive Drive, which is down towards where the police department is. Yeah, uh, and McDonald's is on the corner. Mc, yeah, of you McDonald's can't miss that. Yeah. yeah. So well, let's get a landmark everybody knows. <laughs> so and you'll see where people. You'll see most people. They're probably down towards the end of the route, so they they're getting yeah. There's the, the there's full. been quite a few up there right in Memorial Park. We have a reviewing stand and uh, bleacher seats set up over there by the by the volleyball pits okay. in memorial park area right before you go over the bridge over drake's creek and then uh, get over and there's a lot of folks at the end of uh, walton ferry and sanders ferry yeah. road down there well so. it's all going to be a great seat so do it so we're talking about the veterans day parade november the 6th uh, kicking off here on east main street here in hendersonville that's going to start at cherokee go down to executive park drive uh, we've been talking with uh, mr david mumi he's uh, kind of putting all this thing together and david thanks so much for coming in and talking to us about it and i wish you all the best and after this you can take a vacation oh thank you very much sir i really <laughs> appreciate the opportunity to, to let the community know that of all the different things that the veterans organizations uh, here in hendersonville do to support their local community all right well that's going to wrap it up for this edition of summer county spotlight this is Jeff Shannon. We will check you next week with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.